I'll tell you what, kids. Um, Picard is not the only one who has a headache after watching this episode. Oh boy, we are here for the battle, which is the first appearance of Picard's quarters, Damon Bach, magical headache device, the Stargazer. So again, yet another episode that establishes important things in the lore and world building of Next Generation within the confines of a silly plot. I will say, however, that it does move along. The pacing is right. And enough is revealed, enough is done. Like, the episode works as an episode, but it remains um, silly. And some of the, despite the fact that Patrick Stewart does a great job in the acting department, we still have a wooden data, and not in an Android way, just in a, ugh. We, Crusher's actually a bit wooden in this, and for me, she has been a standout actress in the series to date but this one doesn't seem right it's possible that behind the scenes this is when she was starting to really butt with the producers um troy seems wooden wesley is annoying you know it's just all the same stuff you can expect from the first season but i will dig into first impressions who has the con what goes in the brig and then of course my zhuzh the uh, uh modification the cleanup the the uh, redraft of this episode to hopefully make it a little bit better, but still hit all the marks it needs to hit. After a little bit of housekeeping, of course, you're listening to Star Trek Jojurations, and wherever you are listening to this on your podcast streaming network, please make sure you hit the like button, you subscribe, leave a comment. This all helps me put the podcast in other ears uh, and helps me grow. So if you are a fan of this, if you're listening to this, please pause, take a moment, make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and click that five-star review because I'm so lovely. Uh, and maybe even leave a comment if you'd like. It would be very, very helpful if you did. Uh, the other thing you could do to support uh, this network, the overarching network, which is, which is the Observation Lounge, is consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash the observation lounge that is a community where you will get early release of the podcast uh, full videos of me doing the podcast you will get uh, special videos that aren't available anywhere else you'll get all sorts of fun stuff so that helps me continue to produce the podcast it's very helpful if you would consider supporting and i'll give you lots of cool stuff in exchange you can be sure to follow the Observation Lounge on YouTube. The link is in the description. That's where the public videos are posted. Um, slow and steady rise in subscribers could definitely get a lot of room to grow. So if you're not subscribed there, make sure you do that. And take a look at some of the action video. Oh, Max is always making noise during this. Some of the action figure videos I think are quite funny, so check those out. And finally, speaking of action figures, uh, I have the Etsy store at NecessaryOutlet.com slash, uh, sorry, NecessaryOutlet.Etsy.com where the action figures are sold. They are custom, um, sculpted, molded from the 4.5-inch line. I'll show you what I'm working on that isn't quite done yet, but this is Worf from Season 3 of Picard, his first appearance. And, of course, if I'm going to show Worf, here is Raffi in her field jacket, right? So I make all these cool little figures, and they cost 
depending on the parts necessary to build them. Sometimes it's just one figure. Sometimes it's up to three or four that I've got a kit bash, how much molding, how much paint is required. So, um, yeah, they vary. And I've got, I've got over 40 listings right now and I have up to a hundred figures, which means I need to start listing this stuff. So take a look, uh, necessaryoutlet.etsy.com. And then finally, I'm on all the socials, most, well, not all, Instagram and Twitter for as long as it lasts, at OBS Lounge ST, OBS, OBS for Observation, Lounge ST for Star Trek, and let's dig in. So our friends at Memory Alpha have a nice summary for us. I have it on that screen. Let's pull it over. The summary for this episode, which I assume you've seen either recently or at some point, if you're listening to a podcast like this, is when a group of Ferengi present Captain Picard with the derelict remains of his old starship, he begins to lose himself in the past. That's a very kind episode description. It makes you think that it's an introspective Picard episode where he ruminates on his former command, maybe a small emotional episode. Nope, you got magic headache machine. Magic headache machine. So, first impressions upon this, you know, rewatch. Again, this is another all of first season are things that I caught in syndication uh, in the early 90s. It's nice. So you get an exploration of Picard's former command. We get to see the Stargazer. That's great. Um, it's a good story in theory. How they do it here, not so great. You get some good Picard-Beverly moments, even if I feel it's underwritten. Um, you get, you know, yet another Ferengi appearance, which I realized... Jackie made a boo-boo, and I said one of my favorite things about the episode The Last Outpost was the stuff with the Ferengi first officer, which is not in that episode. It's in this episode. I confused my Ferengi episodes, so apologies for that. I'm sure some of you listening to that were screaming, violently typing to cancel me for not knowing my Star Trek or whatever. Yeah, I, I take the L on that one. I confused my Ferengi. But we'll get into that. Um... You know, the Ferengi in this episode are still meant to be the big baddies. They're kind of presented as evil. Well, they're definitely presented as evil and dangerous, but it still doesn't work. It doesn't work because of their stature. They're not very imposing. Their costumes make them look a bit silly, the way that they have them act. Though I will say, Bach is a very good evil Ferengi. It's a good portrayal. As much as I love Armin and as much as... You know, his performance was informed by that director. Bach did feel like a strong performance that was menacing and not silly. He wasn't hissing like a cat. He didn't have a laser whip. He wasn't jumping around like a gerbil. He, that actor was great. And I think that's probably the reason why it comes back in Bloodlines. Um, actually, now that I think of it, I'm not sure it's the same person playing Bach. I would have to look that up. But I, I liked this actor. Um, overall, the plot makes sense, even if it's dumb. It, it has a nice pacing. It progresses nicely, which I mentioned. Um, Bloodlines, we get another kind of subpar episode to tie up this loose end, which really didn't need tying up, but it was an interesting idea to connect to the first season. I feel like a lot of the seventh season, they were not just tying up loose ends, but like trying to harken back to provide like bookends to 
earlier season episodes, maybe in an attempt to make those stories, give those stories a good episode as opposed to how they, they worked in the beginning. Honestly, Bloodlines is not a great episode either. It's probably a little better, but some of those seven, six and seven season episodes, they're not as bad as the first and second season, but there are some, some subpar ones there too. Um, you get, well, of course, you know, this Bloodlines thing has got to be an inspiration for Picard season three, because there's a lot of that in this, um, or in that episode. So for me, of the two revenge type things that happen in this episode, the more interesting one is the framing of Picard. I feel like, and you'll see in my zhuzh, that in and of itself could make the whole episode. Magic headache device that controls him to pilot the ship. You know, that I didn't like. That I felt was stupid sci-fi. The prop looked silly. Um, you know, Picard acted his, Patrick Stewart acted his ass off and did an amazing job with it. But I just thought that piece of it was silly and you could, you didn't need it. All you had to do was frame him and maybe the, the Ferengi, you know, wanting to take him into custody because of it. You've got, um, and then of course, what I messed up in Last Outpost, the first officer, to, first officer to first officer connection. I like the concept of that. And I'm not sure we ever saw that again in Trek. I feel like we've had maybe security officer to the security officer. Like, look, you and I are in the same position. You get it. I feel like we've maybe we've had that with engineers, but I don't think we've really had that. I think the only, you know, first officer relationship we've had is Riker and Shelby who were at each other's throats. So seeing that camaraderie amongst two people in the same position was nice. And it being the first officer was nice. And I feel like that could be an episode in and of itself uh, or a theme to be discovered in an episode, not necessarily Ferengi Riker, but that concept, I like it. All right, so that bridges nicely into uh, Khan and Bridge. So who has the Khan, which is a good thing. Um, the first officer, the first officer stuff. I liked it. And I liked the actor who played the first officer. In fact, also has the Khan is Bach. I felt Bach and the first officer were far better portrayals of Ferengi in ways that didn't make them look silly. The last outpost, they were quite silly. In this one, they felt multi-layered. Um, they felt like real people. They didn't feel like caricatures. I took them seriously, even if the plot was mustache-twirly and dumb. Um, so I, I actually liked them. Uh, and if they were around, and I believe the actor who played the first officer played other Ferengis, uh, Ferengi, and... Um, I think that Bach was different in Bloodlines, if I'm recalling it. I haven't watched that one in a very long time. But um, I felt like if they were back later in the show, when the Ferengi were sort of retconned into what they are, they would have been great characters within that frame as well. Um, the Stargazer ghosts were kind of cool. 
I actually really like that. Apparently, it was a special effect that they did in post. They filmed it in a special way. Memory Alpha has a whole um, uh, account from the director about how he filmed it and how it was a cool thing, and he wasn't sure if it was going to work. I really liked it. I thought it was a good effect, especially for the first season of Next Gen, which, with the effects, it's 1987. It's the first season of a show. But, you know, some of the effects were quite janky. I thought this one worked, and I think it held up. Watching it today, it didn't, you know, it, it felt a little dated, but it didn't look terrible. Um, and the Picard Maneuver, that's another thing we get for the first time. The Picard Maneuver, not him pulling down his tunic, but the uh, warp jump to create a duplicate, um, sort of like a, he's kind of ducking and weaving and jabbing, if you're thinking of it like a box thing, uh, ducking a punch and hitting it from the side. Uh, that's cool. And Riker finding a counter with Data's help. Also cool. It kind of reminds me of, not necessarily this is a better episode, but peak performance with Picard versus Riker. I like it. I like the whole concept of that. All right. But the brig, the headache machine, the headache machine is dumb. It's just, it looks silly. Him touching this, this, you know, it looks like Simon... Do you remember the Simon game? Or there were these, uh, oh, I'm remembering from my childhood, these, like, they looked like the planet Saturn. It was a rubber ball in the center and a disc around it, and you, like, stood on the disc and tried to, like, keep your balance. That was, like, an 80s, early 90s toy. That seemed, that's what it looked, it just looked dumb. And giving him a headache and then controlling his mind. There was a better episode here in the in the framing. And Will Wheaton notes, also having the brig, Wesley, that this was probably the moment where fans were solidified in their hatred of Wesley, considering the fact that he was just, quote, playing around in engineering and discovered the ship before anyone else, and then discovered that the low-level emissions were the same as Picard's brainwaves. Like, someone else on the ship would have figured that out. Beverly would have figured that out. Jordy, Data, and anybody. Uh, would have figured that out and yeah yeah it was just it it made Wesley an annoying brat and and uh, connected to that when he reveals what he found to his mother and Troy now Troy is talking to Wesley like he's a dick like everybody hates Wesley on the ship which also probably doesn't help except for his mother who She's a little cold to him at times, too. Everyone's just annoyed by him. Troy seems annoyed by him. And Will Wheaton remarks that, like, he the way the scene was written, he basically was like, hey, here's the answer. You're welcome, ladies. You know, it, it just did, doesn't doesn't play well, doesn't make him look good. They did not do that, that character any favors. I feel like as it went on, second season, third season especially, he got more grounded and better some i mean his best episode was probably first duty in the game when he was a guest star so they like you know were careful to make him an episode to showcase him in a good way but you know these early seasons they do wesley dirty and i continue to say that wesley is the better son because wesley can bend space time and was a good student and did as he was told and tried to be helpful and Jack is a dick who almost destroyed the entire Federation. And um, his only settings seem to be douchebag and scream. <sighs> right. Also, the oldest 22-year-old I've ever seen. 
He had a rough life. All right, that brings us to the juge, the juge of the battle. So, other than getting rid of the headache machine and making this about framing Picard and getting revenge, the Ferengi Bach getting revenge about Picard, I feel like the biggest missed opportunity with the Stargazer here in this story that is, I don't remember being mentioned. I watched a couple days ago, but I'm trying to recall. If, if it was mentioned, it was extremely briefly. The death of Jack Crusher. The death of Jack Crusher on board the Stargazer should have had a major role in this episode. So that is what I do in the zhuzh. And again, it bolsters the Beverly Picard stuff, which I felt, I mean, everyone knows, was extremely underdeveloped. And here's an opportunity to do it. So we're going to make it. And we'll make the destruction of the Stargazer work in terms of we'll put it at the right time in the timeline. But this is the, the, the final mission of the Stargazer was the mission where Jack Crusher was killed. This, this battle with the Ferengi, who they didn't know was the Ferengi, and the, the Picard maneuver, that Jack Crusher died on that mission. So it can be a bit heavier. No Vigo, no headache machine. So it opens in my zhuzh with an automated distress call. It's from an old Federation vessel. It's an old code that hasn't been used in about a decade. They play it. It's Picard. Dun, dun, dun. Um, credits. Then they they find, you know, they, they go to it. They find it's the Stargazer. Picard explains what had happened to the Stargazer about the Picard maneuver. You know, gives us all that information we need. Unidentified ship, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Beverly enters the bridge when she reads sort of a, a mission report about, like, what's going on, that they found the Stargazer. Maybe she even walks on with Wesley. And instead of Picard yelling about Wesley being on the bridge, I don't know if he was still yelling at him for that at that point, since he was a acting ensign um but um we can have that picard is sort of he has unspoken glances and moments with the two of them they're not saying it and we don't we don't quite know yet uh that it's where jack died but but th their entrance onto the bridge to see it you know it's a heavy moment and an unspoken moment um, Picard wants to lead his own away team. Riker maybe fights it mildly, but it's like, look, it's your old ship, you know, sure, go over. And, um, forms the away team, and Beverly basically is like, I'm going. And he doesn't fight it. He just kind of like, of course. And Riker seems a little weird about it, and they leave, and Troy goes to Riker and tells him why. That this is, the final mission of the Stargazer was the mission where Jack was killed. So he understands. Okay, they go over, they romance about the ship, just like Picard does, and maybe Beverly goes and Wesley go to Jack's quarters to collect his things that, that were still left there, and that could be the impetus for family, you know, where she has that case of his stuff and she gives the hollow program to Wesley. You know, that could be where it could be discussed that that's when she got all that stuff. So... There's that nice moment there. The crushers can have a conversation about missing dad, blah, blah, blah. Um, Data finds that the logs are still intact. Picard has them downloaded for, you know, for Starfleet. And they are noticing that there are traces that someone else has been on the ship. There have been scavengers or something. Equipment has been 
moved, removed. There's, they're not sure if the ship's even salvageable, if it's even worth it. It was kind of picked clean, but um, surprisingly, weapon systems are still there. Propulsion is still there uh, and life support but and shields. So like defensive and offensive, uh, basic life support and the ability to move. Um, maybe warp, but not impulse, which seems strange. The impulse engines were stripped, but it still has warp drive. Um, thrusters were stripped. You know, it's just it, the things that are left behind are actually very valuable. So it seems strange that they were. Okay. Um, so they also look at the visual records. He, Picard asked to see that right now. And upon seeing it and looking at the readings, they realize, oh, that was a Ferengi ship. Picard actually was the first contact with the Ferengi without even knowing it. So now they know that. Back on the ship, Data has started reviewing the logs, and he reveals that, you know, Picard's story is not, not what's in the logs, that he actually attacked first, which Riker can't believe. He tells Data to, you know, this was obviously tampered with, probably by whatever scavengers were on the ship, find evidence of that. And Data's like, and if, if we don't? And Riker's like, you will. There is just like he will not believe that Picard fired on an on a ship out of nowhere, um, on a flag of truce, etc. We can get a Picard Wesley moment. It's, it's you know kind of like when they're in the shuttle uh, on um, the one where he goes to get his heart surgery, uh, something like that, like a stilted but kind of them connecting a little bit. We can get more Picard Beverly moments. Um, so the plot escalates. We detect a Ferengi ship in the vicinity. It messages them that it's like the ship you are currently, um, that ship, the Stargazer, um, we know destroyed one of our ships about a decade ago or whenever ago. And um, it, under Ferengi law, that is now our property. We're coming to claim it. Enterprise is like, no, you aren't. And like, yes, we are. And we'll be there momentarily. So we're getting ready for a conflict. Um, they arrive. They validate the forged logs. They say that is the record that they have. That's the distress call they got from the Frankie ship. It destroyed. Um, the Bach, you know, shares that it was his son. Uh, maybe Wesley and Beverly on the bridge for whatever reason. And he makes a remark that's like, you lost, because of Picard, you lost your father. Because of Picard, you lost your husband. Because of Picard, I lost a son. And it's powerful, but when he leaves, Picard and Riker are like, how does he know so much about our crew? How would he know that? Uh, he would have to have known that Jack was on the Stargazer, that he died. It suggests that maybe they were the ones who've been on the ship before, but they need evidence of that and that they have some interest in the Enterprise. Um, Data and Geordi go over. They find evidence of Ferengi tech on the ship, um, that they were probably the ones there. Suddenly the shields go up. The ship is being controlled by the Ferengi, and it's meant to perform the Picard maneuver on the Enterprise as revenge by Bach. Um, we see on the Ferengi ship the argument between the captain and first officer. This was just for salvage. This is just your petty revenge. You'll start a war with the Federation over this. This is, you know, this is not, we just wanted the ship, blah, blah, blah. We already picked it clean. You know, we just came back for the remaining pieces. I didn't know this is what you had in mind. So we see the tension there. Um, 
Riker is still the one who devises when they realize what it's going to do. He quickly devises how to counter the Picard maneuver, which impresses Picard, and how to do it without blowing up the Stargazer because there's their crewmen, you know, Data, Geordi, they're on the ship. They were trapped on the ship. Um, they, on the other hand, are trying to, they're running around the Stargazer sabotaging the, the phaser array so it can't fire on the ship. They're sabotaging the shields. They're considering even blowing up the ship with them on it. They're trying to help as well. Uh, when it's stopped by the tractor beam, Data and Jordy have, you know, shut down the phaser so it can't fire. Uh, and then, so it's it's de-escalated. They have the ship. It didn't work. And the Ferengi lets them, the Ferengi ship hails. It's the XO, apologizes like that does, lets them know that he's taken the captain into custody. No one knew. This is not their way, et cetera, et cetera. And um, after they leave, they they make the final determination. They they strip the pieces they can, but the ship overall is not salvageable, especially with Jordi and Data having to have destroyed the remaining components to try to keep it from blowing up the Enterprise. And Beverly and Wesley are on the bridge. They all stand, destroy the Stargazer, and watch in sort of memoriam. And that is my zhuzh of the battle. Now, are you a battle stan? Are you a stan of the battle? Do you believe this is the perfect episode of Next Generation? And how dare I even touch it? Please let me know on social media at OBS Lounge ST, OBS Lounge ST for Star Trek on Twitter and Instagram. You can also leave your comment on the YouTube page, uh, the Observation Lounge, link in the bio of, or in the description of wherever you're listening to this or watching this. Uh, you can support my channel if you believe my shows is correct and you want to tell me good job. You can do that by uh, joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Observation Lounge. And visit the Etsy store if you want some cool toys. And until next week and our next slog of season one of Next Generation, you know, I'm going to have to watch some season four, five, six to like remind myself that I do really like this show. Because boy, boy is this tainting the, the, the nostalgia. Until then, until next week, get the hell off my bridge. <laughs>